Hi, I'm Rocco Impreveduto with Walters Kluwer, and we're here today with Linda O'Brien to provide five fast facts related to the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, the CARES Act, and the impact on tax law. This discussion is part of an ongoing series as we continue to discuss the impact of COVID-19 and what it means to our future. Linda, if you don't mind, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at Walters Kluwer. Well, hi, Rocco. Thank you for having me here today. I've been a tax law legal analyst with Walters Kluwer for more than 20 years. I'm part of a team of attorney editors who cover issues and developments in the practice areas of tax, antitrust, intellectual property, and banking. My primary area of expertise is in federal tax, with a focus on identifying and monitoring new developments, legislation, hot topics, and trends in the tax law, and creating news articles and white papers on those developments that impact individuals and businesses. Great, well, we're excited to have you here. And we're clearly here to talk about this substantial and unprecedented legislation and its impact on the legal industry. Can you give us an update on what you're seeing right now? Sure. The COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted nearly every aspect of life in the United States. Congress has taken several steps to address the growing health crisis. As you mentioned, two bills, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act and the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or known as the CARES Act, provide massive relief for medical professionals, first responders, individuals, industries, small businesses, and employers affected by COVID-19 pandemic. Both bills contain numerous tax provisions providing stimulus for the struggling economy, as well as various types of tax relief. The Families First Act provides guaranteed paid emergency leave with 10 days of paid sick leave and up to three months of paid family and medical leave. The CARES Act, with a $2.2 trillion price tag, includes tax relief and incentives for individuals and businesses that are designed to help liquidity increased liquidity in the economy through reduced limitations on business deductions, the deferral of taxes, and the introduction of recovery rebates for individuals. So understanding the, the pure magnitude of this legislation and the situation that we're all going through, can you now take us a little bit deeper uh, and tell us what you feel is most significant related to these developments? Really, this legislation can be discussed in terms of three categories of tax relief. Tax relief for individuals and families, for small businesses, and regarding health and retirement plans. For individuals and families, the most publicized provision of the CARES Act is the recovery rebate. The rebates, which are advanced refunds of 2020 taxes, will be made as one-time economic impact payments of up to $1,200 for singles, $2,400 for married couples filing joint returns, plus a $500 per child under age 17. The payments are not income, so they will not be taxed. Most taxpayers will qualify for the payments, including those receiving Social Security benefits, although the amounts are phased out for higher income taxpayers. Other provisions in the legislation for individuals include an above-the-line deduction for charitable contributions up to $300, a waiver of the 60% limitation on the deduction for charitable contributions for cash 
for 2020 and an exclusion from income of up to $5,250 for an employer's repayments of an employee's student loans. In addition, the IRS has extended filing and payment deadlines. The due date for filing federal income tax returns and making payments that were normally due on April 15th has been extended to July 15th. Interest and penalties for late payments is also suspended until July 15th. The person does not have to be sick, quarantined, or impacted by COVID-19 to qualify for the extension. Many small and mid-sized businesses that have been infected by, impacted by coronavirus will qualify for two new employer tax credits, the credit for sick and family leave and the employee retention credit. Under the Family First Act, employers with fewer than 500 employees may receive a refundable payroll credit for required paid sick leave or family leave paid to an employee who cannot work due to COVID-19. The sick leave credit is for leave paid to an employee who is quarantined, has been advised to self-quarantine, has coronavirus symptoms, and is seeking a medical diagnosis, or is caring for someone with coronavirus, or for a child whose school or care facility is closed, or whose care provider is unavailable. The family leave credit is for leave paid to an employee who is caring for a child whose school or care facility is closed or whose care provider is unavailable. The credits have a per day and maximum dollar limits for each employee and are available for wages paid between April 1st and December 31st of 2020. Employers receive 100% reimbursement for paid leave pursuant to the Families First Act Health insurance costs are, not, are included in the credit. Employers face no payroll tax liability, and self-employed individuals receive an equivalent credit. Under the CARES Act, an eligible employer can claim an employee retention credit. It's a refundable payroll tax credit for 50% of up to $10,000 in wages paid during the COVID-19 crisis if business operations were suspended due a government shutdown order or gross receipts have been significantly declined. For employers with 100 or fewer full-time employees, all employee wages qualify for the credit. For employers with more than 100 full-time employees, only wages paid to employees when they are not providing services due to COVID-19 related circumstances will qualify. The credit is capped at $5,000 per employee and applies to wages paid after March 12th and through December 31st of 2020. There've also been changes in legislation that impact health and retirement plans. The CARES Act waives, waives the 10% penalty on early withdrawals up to $100,000 from retirement plans for COVID virus related distributions. A COVID virus related distribution is one made during 2020 to a person or the person's spouse diagnosed with COVID-19 with a CDC approved test or to someone who experiences adverse financial consequences as a re result of quarantine, business closure, layoff, 
or reduced hours due to the virus. Also under the Act, the required minimum distribution, known as RMD requirements, generally applicable to retirement plans, such as defined contribution retirement plans, tax shelter annuity plans, government employer plans, and traditional or Roth individual retirement accounts have been temporarily suspended for 2020. This provision is important since RMDs are based on a recipient's life expectancy and the value of the retirement account balances at the end of the previous year. So as an example, an RMD taken in 2020 will be based on the account values as of December 31st, 2019, when the stock market was much higher than it is now. This gives relief to retirees age 70 and a half and older who might be required to sell stock now that the stock market has declined in value. In addition, the IRS has provided emergency relief for health savings accounts or HSAs and COVID-19 health plan costs. Under this relief, health plans that otherwise qualify as high deductible health plans are known as HDHPs will not lose that status merely because they cover the cost of testing for or the treatment of COVID-19 before the planned deductibles have been met. Any vaccination costs will count as preventative care and can be paid for by an HDHP. It should be noted that the CARES Act is a massive piece of legislation and a majority of the provisions do not have a tax impact. However, there are some smaller but yet significant provisions impacting federal tax that have been sprinkled outside of that tax-related division in the Act. Those provisions include an exclusion from tax of any forgiven small business loan, mortgage obligation, or other loan obligations forgiven by a lender during the period of the health crisis, a safe harbor from the definitions of high deductible health plan permitting telehealth services are included, even though such services do not carry a deductible, allowing employers to delay contributions to a defined benefit plan due in 2020, and allowing charitable organizations that primarily provide services to mothers and children to use the small employer charity pension plan rules. So there's, there's quite a bit going on here and quite a bit to consider and unpack. What do you find to be most unique or unusual about this situation? Well, this is a very unique time as the federal government looks for ways to implement emergency measures to support people and businesses and that respond to the economic disruption amid this coronavirus crisis. One aspect of this situation is how state and local governments will grapple with the loss of revenue that could be in the billions of dollars. With businesses shut down and many people out of work, various economic models have forecasted revenue losses from individual and corporate income taxes, as well as state sales and property taxes. The pandemic has also increased state public health expenditures and resulted in vastly increased unemployment claims. To address the budget shortfalls, the states and municipalities will be looking at cost-saving measures. 
such as hiring freezes, delaying capital equipment purchases, eliminating building renovations and maintenance expenses, and reductions in local special events. The extent of the losses will depend on how long these stay-at-home orders will continue and when local spending returns. So in the more immediate term, what's the next step or, or the next decision point we should all be mindful of here? Well, Congress is continuing talks of additional economic relief packages in response to the COVID-19 global pandemic. To that end, there's a CARES 2 package that's currently in the works in the House. That proposal, which would extend and expand the CARES Act, may include the following provisions. Assistance to small businesses, including farmers, extended unemployment benefits, additional direct payments to families, funds for hospitals and community health centers for the production of coronavirus tests and the purchase of protective medical equipment, funds for state and local governments, and an increase to the maximum of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program benefit. A fourth coronavirus relief package that will provide additional funding for the Small Business Administration's Paycheck Protection Program and expand coronavirus testing is currently being finalized. The Senate could vote on this bill as early as this afternoon, and the House is expected to return to Washington to vote this week. So we've covered the near term. What does the longer term future hold in your opinion? In the long term, the outcome of the upcoming presidential election has the potential to impact tax policy for years to come. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 was the largest piece of tax legislation in the United States in over 30 years. But its future may be in doubt. Nearly all of the individual provisions of the bill will sunset by 2026. The outlook for extending those provisions is uncertain, and there are discussions to repeal other parts of the bill. In the Democratic Party, there's support for proposals such as raising the corporate tax rate, increasing taxes on investment income, creating a wealth tax, increasing estate taxes, and using tax policy to combat climate change. Any changes in tax policy and the likelihood of any tax proposals becoming law under a Democratic or Republican president also depends on the makeup of Congress. So as the current health crisis continues to affect the lives of individuals and damage the economy, I would expect both political parties to set forth tax proposals that are designed to help people who have lost their income, protect companies from going out of business, and enable an economic recovery. Great, thank you so much, Linda, for your time. We really appreciate it. For those of you listening, if you'd like to receive more information related to COVID-19, please visit our free open web resource, walterskluerlr.com forward slash COVID-19. Thank you for listening and thank you again, Linda, for your great insights and analysis.